We have joining us Dr. Heather Richardson, breast expert, breastpert, the head of the Bedford Breast Center in Los Angeles. Uh, Bedford Breast Center is a world-class facility dedicated to screening, early detection, and surgeons who take into account the importance of aesthetics as well as curing disease. We are so happy to have you, Dr. Oh, Heather. I'm happy to be here. Dr. Heather, I'm so happy you're here. I love just saying Dr. Heather. Like, <laughs> I love the name Heather. I first met a girl when I was in first grade whose name was Heather, and I just thought it was the most beautiful name ever. Um, but what I love especially about you, Dr. Heather, is that you brought a list of alternatives to breasts, I which did. is great. Do you get tired of saying breast all day? Well, I mean, I do. I say it a lot. But I think more importantly, this is a kind of a saucy podcast with people who want to hear more than just like dry medical speak. So I thought we could just randomly pull it up. And I pulled up some of my favorites because there's so many ways to say, you know, not mammary glands. Yeah. And, you know, just to keep it, you know, of course, I'm very professional and very medical, but occasionally you got to have a little fun with it. So I just thought we could, you know, talk about the yabos. 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 (laughs) Oh, my God. Feel free to. That was the first one you got to. Yabos. Okay. So the first thing just to like get us all acquainted. um, When did you guys, for all of us to answer, Mm -hmm. first start growing your yabos? Oh, my God. (laughs) Mine just like showed up in sixth grade. It was insane. I was like, I had no boobs. And then I was an A cup. And then beginning of seventh grade, I was a C cup. And it was like, <gasps> you were that girl. I was, I was so that girl. I was, I was that a girl. late I was bloomer. A, I was a 32 C in seventh grade. Whoa. Wow. So my first experience, I used to go to, we lived across the street from a park and I used to put one individual that cotton ball. On each um, <laughs> like side, and wear like a tight shirt, and I would. There was always always these boys like doing like soccer practice, and so I walked across like not even a training bra or anything. It was one individual cotton ball, and I would like walk That's around strutting brilliant. my shit, like thinking it was looking great. And I, I mean, I, I can't it. imagine. And well, now you have these ginormous mau mau's. Mau mau's. <laughs> so my mau mau's. Um, I was a late bloomer, and I actually I got teased a lot for being flat chested. And I think it wasn't until like after eighth grade that they just like became pretty huge. In all honesty, I have this vivid, horrible memory of my father mocking me. And and it was one of these things like, you know, you get into that teenage angst. I think I was probably 14. It was like, dad, mom. And they're like, come on, we're all going to the pool. I don't want to go to the pool. He's like, come on, sunlight makes your boobs grow. And I was like, <gasps> dad. What? Was like, dad? The beginning of the end. It was like, dad. I never want to see you again. I never want to go anywhere with you again. That's so funny. I remember when I when I was <laughs> still, a, and I can still hear my dad laughing downstairs. Like, ha. did you? So did you go to the pool, or were you just like mortified? I don't remember. I don't. The pool remember. was traumatic when you were going yeah, through puberty. I remember once I was changing my bathing suit by the pool, and my brother, who's five years younger than I am, so I was. 12 and so that means he was seven I was like taking off my wet bottoms and putting on underwear and he goes you have hairs down there (laughs) (laughs) and I was humiliated and I ran away it was the worst I I was a late late bloomer I didn't really have boobs till I was like 30 I don't know what it was like (laughs) I don't know where but they're there now I don't know where they came from I was like I remember going all through college having like nothing and then all of a sudden I woke up one day and was like, where the hell did this come from? I didn't even recognize well, what does that I mean do with this. That you bought them? No. No, they I just, didn't. No. It just came up. It just showed no, in up. fact, it's people who haven't seen me in years are like, did you have a, no, I don't know. So, yeah. And then I have patients who even in their 50s and 60s have been like, am I crazy? But I, my breast size has like doubled in the last two years and I'm 50. What the hell is happening? So is like, there any medical reasoning yeah. behind that? Um, well, your breast tissue, as long as we were getting medical, you are, yeah, um, please. The, the, the tissue that oh, makes yeah, no up more your, breasts. Pick your, a new, your pick tetons, a new your, the tissue that makes up your tetons <laughs> is, um, is, is part fat and it's part, um, glandular material that, that when it's turned on by certain hormones, it makes certain milky secretions. And, mm. um, there are different hormones that play on this tissue and make it grow and make it wither away. And something that people that happens all the time, they come to me and they'll say, well, gosh, I, f- I feel this new thing in my breast and I've never felt it before. And, um, we'll look at it and say, well, it's just, it's an area of healthy tissue and it's, it's not dangerous and it can swell, it can shrink. And they say, but I've never felt it before. Where did it come from? I said, well, think about it this way. Your breasts were very different at 13 and they're going to be different at 35 and they're going to be different 
different at 55 and they're going to be different at 80. Those changes have to happen at some point in time. Mm-hmm. And so the things, so your your breasts are one of the most dynamic things on your entire body. My breasts are so dynamic. They're my, so dynamic. My Nancy's. My Nancy's are <laughs> dynamic as fuck. Okay, so I, I want to know because Nancy's and especially nipples on your Nancy's mm-hmm. are really versatile. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, there's so many types of nips. Yeah, whether it's, yes. I mean, but not just so many types of nips, but mine in and of themselves could be like, they're totally different nips. So like, like each one is different? Well, yeah, each one is different, but also like depending on the temperature, like arousal, whatever, they're so versatile. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, they're like, where are they? My and then other so times I'm like, cold. wow, they're so perky. Like it's, they're so versatile. Well, they're, well again, they're dynamic and they, they serve a purpose. They are supposed to feed kids you know it's like we're we're built to have litters we're we're built to like serve a couple if we I need just to. had a weird visual of yeah. like a bunch of cats <laughs> nursing on well well the other thing is is that um that i like to tell people is that you we are mammals and we have a milk line and it goes from your collarbone to your groin and you really? can have breast tissue you can have breast tissue in your vulva you can what? have breast tissue in your abdomen you can have breast tissue in your armpits so does that relate do, do to most people have nipples that? are arousing we both are so have sorry so many yeah, sorry the, the, the brows are so knitted right now the yeah the tatas have really have us the, so no the milk tissue so you're saying yeah. that most of us have breast tissue like around not most of us most people just have two most people just oh, so have two in the full, center of fully chest. formed breasts but could could be people anywhere. can have people can have fully formed breasts in other places most of the third nipples but yes yes most of the time it's just tiny islands of breast gland tissue that people aren't none the wiser about and sometimes pregnant women when they get pregnant that tissue will wake up and they'll go well what's this so um those those genes don't turn on but for some people they don't realize that they have um you know a big, they have a tough tender thing that kind of swells with their period in their armpit and they don't know what it is and it's actually some breast tissue in their armpit so cool. Yeah. Well, you were talking about breast changing over time. And I think something a lot of people ask, and I don't know if they ask you, but is, you know, bra wearing. And people are worried about, like, how are my boobs going to look right. when I'm older? You know, obviously gravity happens and they're going to change and they're mm-hmm. going to look different. But I've heard so many different, like, beliefs and wives tales of, like, wear a bra while you're, while you're sleeping so that you can Ugh. stay supportive. Or don't wear a bra so they can, like, be relaxed and grow and breathe. Give us the truth, Dr. Heather. Yeah. I think that a lot of it is very person and tissue dependent in the same sense that, you know, some people don't do a thing to their face and they look gorgeous and they have no wrinkles and it's because they're out of the sun and they have really good genes and they look like their grandma. So some of it is that the the tension in your tissue sometimes is what, how have you lived with your breast? Have you had, have you nursed seven children? Have you never been pregnant? You know, did you do a lot of sports where there was a lot of tugging and movement on your tissue and, and your breasts or... Um, so breasts age differently and, and a lot, just like our faces age differently. Um, but as far as any bra wearing being necessary or dangerous, um, I, there's never been a study that suggests that an underwire bra is unsafe or causes cancer or it inhibits lymph flow or anything like that. Sometimes people think that an underwire can channel in radio frequencies or microwave energy or that it cuts off blood flow or lymph flow from the breast and creates an unhealthy toxic situation where breast cancer can be created more easily. Well, I've never, never been heard a, that. I mean, maybe if some people are scared bra about is, like, that. Yeah. Supremely ill fitting, yeah. but if you're wearing a well fit bra, you shouldn't be cutting off any. Well, I think of that's the thing too, for especially for larger chested persons mm-hmm. like not wearing the right bra can really affect your posture and your back pain and I highly recommend anyone who's interested in a breast reduction to look into it if they feel like their neck is compromised their back is compromised their shoulders are being gouged by bra wearing or they're having uh, rashes and problems with their breasts because of the heaviness and the and the and the, the, the amount of tissue that's on their chest so many people are so happy with breast reductions which is something I do not do so I'm completely you know neutral on that uh, so I, I would love to, I mean, I have huge boobs. And for a really long time, I thought that I would get reduction mm-hmm. um, growing up just because, I mean, I'm a, I'm an 80, uh, sorry, that's not the 80. No, no, <laughs> I'm, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking in European sizes. Is that a scale of 100? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a 30F, which is like a lot, right? And I often thought You're about so like. tiny. I never. I, I, well, I'm a 30, so it's a tiny cage, but there's tiny, a lot yeah. of boob. Mm-hmm. Um, you got a good bra. That's a great bra. Those, those know, sisters. I actually just. Those sisters are. I'm not. Good. I'm not wearing Wait, a bra. The pointer sisters are the just pointers. hefted. <laughs> good they band. are hefted. Yeah. That makes me. I actually just got this at Nordstrom Rack for $18.99, which is insane because this is normally a bra that would go for like $120. But I had to try on. I shit you not. 47 bras to find one that fit. I tried on all of them that were 47? in the big size. 47. And there's only two. Anyway, but, um, oh, we were talking about bras and well-fitting. Mm. 
Um, and so, no, breast reduction. Mm. So, why, like, why? So you think breast reduction is a better solution, is like generally a good solution for well, pain? Or like, I'm just curious. Well, anyone who's thinking they're suffering because of their breasts and they're thinking, you know, is it safe? Is it okay? Should I do it? By and large, most people who have a breast reduction that are miserable are thrilled afterwards. Now, yeah, my it's, mom not, had one. it's not without its problems. It's not without its risks, but most people are really happy to have it. Most people have really great outcomes. They can have um, problems with wound healing. When you put things back together with a breast reduction, the the bottom part where the bra line and six o'clock meets right there, that's the place that has the lowest amount of blood flow. So sometimes people have Hard poor for wound heal. healing. Yeah, that have hmm. wound healing problems down there. And then the scar is something we just can't avoid. I mean, when you take things apart and put them back together where you where things meet again, it creates a scar. There's well, no. You can do like all this cool tattoo work and stuff now to really cover it. Well, I feel very lucky that I really embrace and enjoy my mm -hmm. own knockers. That's another word <laughs> on there. Um, but what do you think is the most common, I guess, complaint or things that people come yeah. in and are wanting to change? Is it just size or nipple size? Um, we can do nipple reductions, which are actually really easy. Really? I'm shocked at how so you could do it under local anesthetic really simply and easily. In the, and you're in the a surgeon. Office. Like, you perform mm -hmm. that. I do surgeries, yes. I do mastectomies, lumpectomies, biopsies, ultrasounds. Um, and we have a really neat technique where if someone has a... Uh, sometimes people have what's called a fibroadenoma or a safe, healthy growth in their breast tissue. It's not cancer, but yet it's a big lump. It's sort of like... It's scary to find that, yes, though. Yes, it is. And the thing is, is when you're feeling something and you've been told if you feel something in your breast, it's cancer. Go ahead and get it checked out. I it's had terrifying. that with mine. It's yeah. really scary. It's terrifying. So I really like to, to tell people that they don't actually have weapons of mass destruction taped to their chest, even though they think that hmm. the media and, and the news makes you think that there's cancer everywhere and your breasts are going to kill you. Um, they're, really, they're not. They're not. We've got good things for that. But if you do feel a lump, more often than not, it's not cancer, which is great news. And um, there are some choices if you do have a lump and someone suggests maybe taking a tissue sample, we actually have a thing that we do at Bedford Breast Center where we put in a little teeny tiny probe about the size of a pencil and it takes um, pinches about the size of a piece of macaroni. So if someone comes in with a little healthy growth, that's about, you know, walnut sized or, you know, uh, all these sized food or descriptions. Sized. I'm getting hungry. I know. Doctor. <laughs> I know. Well, the, the muchachas and the tamales because and the tomatoes. So apparently there's food tomatoes? there. And the melons. Yeah, mine are yeah, way melons. more melony than tomato-y. <laughs> But Fucking if cantaloupes, if you have something like this, we can put this little probe in just in the office and we can actually biopsy it away. So what's the usual? It's like a, a larger process of well, the biopsy. What most centers do is if they see something and they want to biopsy it, they take a teeny tiny pinch of it. They leave it there and they say, oh, this is a healthy fibroadenoma. Let's keep checking it. Let's watch it every six months for a, a couple of times to make sure it's fine. Or if they take a pinch of it and they find something slightly abnormal or even can't, you know, even concerning, then they say, you must have this removed with surgery. So now you've got two steps or you have to keep coming back and you still have the lump. Mm -hmm. So this kind of takes out the middleman. It's a really neat process that we just remove it and it's done. And if it's safe, you're done. Now, if we honestly think something is cancer, we don't do that. We just take a teeny tiny pinch make sure that we have a diagnosis of cancer and then we perform a cancer surgery. Mm -hmm. So, but if we think something's honestly safe and we're right like 99% of the time, because you can kind of tell, it's like in the same sense, if you're looking at a, a mole on your skin versus a, a scary skin cancer change versus a pimple, you can kind of tell yeah. the difference. Yeah. I have a question about yes. fun bags. Oh, yes. But I don't know if it's on your that's list. That's not on my list, but, but that's a good one. let's put the fun back in fun bags. Uh, yeah, I not just, just for this, babies. All this boob talk is making me like... You the said, drinks cabinet. Well, you, okay, so you said they're for feeding our babies. So like, why do we make such a big fucking deal about them? And why are we so like sexually attracted to them? Well, I think it's cultural. I think obviously different cultures have different, you know, different uh, areas, erogenous zones that they're really get, get attracted to. But I think the bottom line is, you know, we're wired to, um, as females, we want to go with a, a masculine man who can provide for our families and and, and make strong children. And yeah, like there's men. some evolutionary drive yes. to see, oh, you look fertile. Yeah, there's the voluptuousness. Right. And this is, some, this is something that, you know, that you have a trigger where this is a, a female that will bear me good, sound children and provide for them. So I think that's that. And then I think part of it is just 
culturally as okay, but humans. also like queer women are turned on by breasts, and there's I guess maybe there's still an element of like fertility in that. Well, there's and there's and there's also like cultural automatically you it's it's sustenance, it's soothing, it's mothering, it's mm. it's there's a lot of nurturing that comes with breasts, and I think people people kind of. People like that. I am a nurturer. Well, I breastfed for a really long time. <laughs> How long? How long do you guys think is too long? <gasps> Six That's years. A really good question. I think it, I don't know. What would you say, Dr. Heather? <sighs> I would say if you're if you've got your learner's license, that's probably <laughs> no. I'm kidding. Um, I think that I think if you're not at home anymore. I mean, and again, well, I don't mean like college. I mean like kindergarten. <laughs> this is not to shame anyone out there though with lactation no. and breast no. fetishes no. because no. you are never too old to have a, a no. wet nurse. There's nothing. There's no, nothing you, wrong with that. You play. do you. You asked us what we thought was too long. I meant yeah. But from Give an us- actual thing, I don't think there's anything that's too long because culturally and within a family, it is completely healthy to nurture your child as long as you're having milk. Well, I think and that- it's cultural here that yes. we end sooner because exactly. in other cultures, they you know, where they maybe don't have enough food or sustenance or nutrients to it feed their child, food. you breastfeed for as long as you can right. or as long as you're able. And, and you can keep producing milk as long as the child is breastfeeding pretty much. Right. I think I think that really it's just cultural norms that people are subscribing to. And when you're outside those cultural norms, then then discomfort's created on both sides. Mm-hmm. You know, the people that are want to feed their child and yet are being judged, and then the people that are subjected to having to deal with, well, wait a second, he's you know, he's potty trained. Why is <laughs> why yeah, okay, are we but doing real this? truth, Nicoletta, how long did you suckle on that? I thought them you had forgotten about it. <laughs> <laughs> What'd tamales. you call them bougies? I like Bazingas. Bazingas. Oh, yeah, it's on there. Bongos. 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 How long did you suckle on the bongos for? I like to just say that I really love and appreciate breasts, and I just, you know, didn't want to leave them. Um, So I have memories of myself breastfeeding. Like, I can remember. um, I was, up until I was about four. Okay. That, yeah, that's okay. That makes sense. I know when I have a younger brother, as I've already spoken about him once today, um, when my mom was breastfeeding him, like, I got to try the milk. It was so sweet and so warm and so comforting. Just throwing that out there. Well, I've, I've cursed. I think everyone has, has been in that situation where I've heard someone who was, who was with a breastfeeding mom and something happens and the milk is getting banked and all of a sudden, oh, wait, how did that get in my coffee? You know, or, or, or <laughs> freak out about coffee. <laughs> you're, you're drinking your coffee Squirting and the mom is like, wait a second, that's not that, that little. That's my that, breast pump exactly, milk. Exactly. Exactly. It's happened. It's happened to many people. Really? There's, there's really There was an ice cream it. shop in London that was making breast milk ice cream for a while. Oh, oh. Um, I actually have um, uh, someone that I that that I know that I've come across who was incredibly, incredibly sick. She'd had terrible illness and was tube feeding and could not tolerate any kind of tube feeding, was losing weight. She was down to 70 pounds. Oh and she and her friend had a baby and had a huge amount of breast milk left. And her friend gave her her breast milk and she actually fed her in the tube feeding, fed herself and got her weight back up and was so able to get healthy oh, again. Wow, that's really yeah. cool. God, yeah. boobs are great. And milk is, a, is the perfect food source. It's the perfect, it's what we were made to to develop and grow on. There's nothing wrong with it. It's it's as long. It, it's just important to remember that it is a bodily fluid, and it comes with all the risks of of having a bodily of exposure to bodily fluids. But other than that, so you see it. patients all day, every day about their all day queen day. jewels, <laughs> queen <And> jewels, <laughs> queen jewels. Queen I like that on one. That's a really Mine are good actually one. my empress jewels, but I'll take queen jewels. Gotcha. Um, and this you can speak from personal experience, but like, do do people love their boobs? Do they hate oh, them? Yes. Do they always vacillate from like hate to love? Like. There are people with extreme feelings about their breasts. And of course, you yeah. find out what you're, what, you find out how you really feel about your breasts when you're in a position where you might lose them. So mm. that's where it really comes out. When you, when you come across the situation where you might have to consider losing them for mastectomy reasons, then it really, you, you really go, oh, I don't really want to part with these. These are kind of, you know, important. And um, that's and so they're, interesting. And, and maybe I wonder how they're like, ideas about it change if they're like not enjoying that part of their body but then if there's a risk of losing it it's like these are mine Mm -hmm. there's that and then there's also the people who come in i have many more people that actually come in with pain lumps discomfort and hating their breasts and wanting them gone and asking can i have these removed that happens more than you think yeah and um and part of it is pain a big a lot of it is pain um, it, breasts are not always comfortable and they, they're, they're dynamic. They, they take on a lot of fluid. They have fluid shifts, the nerves stretch, the tissue stretches, and it feels really uncomfortable. But also not only physically uncomfortable, like 
growing up with mm-hmm. huge boobs fucking sucked. I think what was shitty about it for you? The comments. The very existence mm-hmm. of my body as an invitation for people's comments mm. sucked. Like, in seventh grade, and I remember this because I was on my way to go visit a venue for my bat mitzvah. <laughs> so I remember it was seventh grade. I know it was seventh grade because I was going to visit a venue for my bat mitzvah, and I was taking the metro, and I was wearing these, like, cool, like, fishnet arm things that I thought was so cool, and I was wearing this, like, green was it Madonna phase? No, you're too young for that. arm things. It was, I just, like, felt cool, and I was, like, going to visit Hot this place for my bat mitzvah, and I was so excited. There was a guy in the metro who was just, like, looking at me, and I probably, like, smiled and, like, didn't give a sh- didn't really think about him because I was was like 12 and I got out of the metro and he got out at the same time and he kept and he was following me and this is daytime this was like maybe 4 p.m and I'm walking and this guy starts asking me questions like how like how old am I what's my name where am I going and I was saying like I and like can he come with me and I'm saying no 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 and I'm clearly getting very agitated and he's like asking where I'm going and if he can walk me there and then he says oh and I was like please stop I'm fine I don't want you to come with me and he goes okay I just have one more question what's your bra size oh my Mm. gosh this is a grown-ass man what and I stood there in the street creep crying asking him asking him to leave me alone and nobody did anything no and it was horrible. And that so horrible. definitely since that day, I've had a really tumultuous relationship with the size of my I think I, I remember that when we were that age and there were girls that were developing and I did not. I was yeah, like way back in the, in, the, in the wings. But I remember there was a lot of assumptions that the girls who developed early were fast and were slutty and were easy. And of oh, course, they got all the attention from boys. I don't know if it was a chicken or an egg thing because some of them were. But that's OK. I mean, that, that's still OK, too. I mean, I was. But funny, I had the opposite reaction, yeah. though, because I was developing like slower I really wanted them. I wanted to have these things that would attract other people. So it's kind of like damned if you do, no, damned I, if you don't. No, and I did too. But I just, I just think that it, as an accident of genetics or time or hormones, suddenly people get these labels put on them that, oh, well, if you're 12 or 13 and you haven't, wait, um, blouse bunnies, <laughs> then, <laughs> then there's something about you that you are, you are more sexual than someone who doesn't, even though that might not be true. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I think that we immediately put a connotation and that goes back to well, why are we attracted to breasts? I think and we automatically think of, well, someone with, with a large set of, um, hot and tots, you know, is going to be more sexual. How do you, I mean, I think it's, it's tough for me because I want to support, at least if I have clients and things coming in, there are lots of people who don't feel good about their body. So I want to empower them to like what they have, but I also want to support people who do decide to make the decision to have surgery. So I wonder how to balance that, like, I don't know, love your body type thing, but also. Well, I think it goes down to um, um, motivation. Like, mm. why do people want the surgery? If they want the surgery because uh, they can't fit into clothes, they're miserable, they're in pain, um, uh, they have painful lumps, and uh, that's what the, that's, and they're not happy with the way they look, then I think that's reasonable to support them in their decision. And most people are happy with that. Most people do not feel like, well, my life is going to change if I get my breast job, my boob job, or my boob breast reduction, and that. Most people are really happy with that, and it actually fills them and makes them feel better, and then they move on. Um, it's the people that hate their bodies and feel like making a drastic change with surgery or breast implants or whatever is going to change, gonna change their life. Within. Yeah, it's going to change their life or change the way they feel about themselves. Mm-hmm. So it's you just have to tease apart, you know, people's motivation for that. Um, not, I'm not a plastic surgeon. I'm dealing with most health issues. Right. So I don't have to deal with that too, too much, but certainly when I deal with cancer patients and reconstruction, that's something we really have to be, make important, making sure that they appreciate that, um, you know, sex is really important. Sensation is really important. So when we do a mastectomy and things become desensate, when they become numb, um, if, if I, I think I always remind people that if they want to have a double mastectomy and, you know, nipple stimulation is something they need for arousal and for their sex life, that that's something will be taken away. And is that something they're comfortable with? And if it's and I have had pa- patients that have said, you know what, I'm going to do for a single instead of a double, so I can keep that at least in one side. If I have to lose one for cancer, at least the other one, I want to be able to to have have enjoyment with my two furs with my partner. Hmm. And if you are someone listening who has had a mastectomy um, or is experiencing like struggles with your sex life and intimacy or body image afterwards, 
um, feel free to email us at slutsandscholars at gmail. We have some good resources for you. One of my professors in my doctoral program, Dr. Uh, Palai Friedman. What, um, what? Nicoletta got accepted into her PhD program. What? Oh, my heavens. We're going to have to raise some glasses. Mm -hmm. I wish we had some champs. Um, but <laughs> Dr. Palai Friedman <laughs> has some great research and articles out there about um, cancer survivors and intimacy mm -hmm. and body image, That's sexuality. really important and something that we physicians need it's to not make just sure the we're paying attention part. to. Yeah. It's mental too. It's how people feel afterwards and not just how they look. Well, I don't know if you're open to it, but I would love to maybe, well, I want to get some info and mm -hmm. shout out info to people out there too about, you know, breast exams when they should be getting mammograms, but maybe we could do like a quick little how-to breast exam oh, gosh. Sure, on absolutely. ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's easy You're to do. Put your arm Are you up down? Like this, right? Yeah. Yeah. I will. I will. I will conduct. Okay. So basically we have our arms up. Okay. Put your arms up. So, um, repeat after me. Just kidding. So <laughs> <laughs> totally kidding. So what you want to do is the, the flat part of your three middle fingers. So not your thumb. You don't want to use your thumb. You don't want to use your picky, but the flat part of your three fingers, you just want to, you want to, um, go in two directions. So you okay. want to go either around like a target and you can spiral in towards around your nipple. your nipple. So you can go, you can start out wide, like towards your armpit. Okay. You want to feel from your armpit, you know, you can go towards your collarbone. We can go down in towards your cleavage and you want to kind of kind of wiggle back and forth and press down into your muscle. Kind of like you're giving yourself a massage, but not too hard, just so that you can Ooh. feel. I need my periods, you know, I'm a little tender. Yeah, okay. Ouch. Ooh. So, um, and just so you can kind of feel, and you just want to kind of methodically go around so that you're spiraling around, you're getting closer to the nipple. So you're getting everything kind of in one direction. That's like a spiral. And so what you're are feeling we feeling everything. for? So breast tissue normally has soft spots that are, that are fatty. And that's usually in the inner portions of your breast. So the, the, the portion closest to your, your breastbone and your cleavage, and then down around the bottom, that's mostly fat. Now, the fat near the bottom usually has kind of a connective tissue skin around it, so it's not uncommon to feel lots of little things that feel kind of like M&Ms down in the bottom, so mm -hmm. like along the bra line. Those are just pieces of fat, totally normal, and they're soft and they're squishy. They might be a little tender. Most of the milk-producing tissue is in between your nipple and your armpit. And that's so, the big chunk in the middle? The big, the big chunk that goes from the nipple to the armpit that's kind of right here. Like, you can kind of pinch it I in see, between. Yeah, I can get yeah. that whole lot of... You can kind of pinch <laughs> that I part. I have small hands and huge boobs. <laughs> this is a... <laughs> it's a lot. So that chunky area, that's where the milk is made. And that's where most cancers come from because that's where the most cancer-producing, milk-producing tissue is. Interesting. Cool. So, um, so when you feel that, it feels rubbery, it feels a little tender, and okay. it's going to feel... Um, sometimes you can feel little fine point things on the side uh, on the side that feel kind of like cottage cheesy. Sometimes you feel kind of big rubbery things. Either way, you feel kind of that a little bit everywhere, and you feel other things that feel like that, and they feel a little tender, a little rubbery, and they're kind of wiggly. I feel like the first time you feel it, it's all, you always feel like something's wrong because there's such variety. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it it can be very daunting. And then when you're done feeling kind of around, then you want to feel in a different direction. So you want to feel like spokes of a wagon wheel. So you can okay. come come like daisy petals. You can come out out far away and then working towards your nipple and Shoulder then just keep going nipple. around. Okay. So you can and just keep coming around like a daisy petal all the way around. So um, the whole point is you want to just feel in two different directions. You want to feel around like this way and then kind of in like this way. And then if everything feels kind of just generally rubby and rubbery and bumpy, but just generally the same, then you're good to go. The thing is, is when you feel something different. So the way I kind of like to explain it is, is if you think about the fat like jello and the breast milk producing tissue is sort of like fruit salad. And everybody's fruit salad is different. Like, I have so many analogies. My God. It's all food. And it's so I really want to hungry, eat these melons. Dr. Heather. <laughs> it's, it's the tomatoes again. The melons. So, it, so some people, it's very finely distributed and it's really even. And some people, it's in chunks and it's sort of, it's very uneven. But um, in the same sense that if you, uh, if you put a walnut in the shell in the middle of a fruit salad, that's going to feel really different from mm. the rest of the, from the rest of the lump. So when we feel something that's cancerous, it's usually painless. It's usually hard. People say, Oh, is it like the size of a pencil eraser or a pea? No, it, it can be any size. It could be any shape. It can be in any position in your breast. Sometimes it will pull the skin in. Sometimes it will pull the nipple in. Sometimes it's associated with nipple discharge, but most of the time it's painless and hard. And if you feel something like that, there are lots of healthy things that can feel just like that. But just, we can get it checked out. It's so simple to check it out. Cool, yeah. When should yeah. people start getting breast checks? Uh, most people see their OBGYN, and they usually check them for healthy healthy breast checks, you know, starting, you know, 18, 20, just to get people used to yeah. sort of what they feel. And then uh, most, and then a lot of young ladies can have these healthy growths called fibroadenomas, or um, they can have 
chunky areas of healthy breast tissue that's just very concentrated and lumpy feeling, and we call that fibrocystic disease. It's not a disease any more than acne is a disease, mm. but it's just sort of a way of explaining that breast tissue is uneven and it's dynamic and, and it swells and it shrinks. Cysts, cysts and things. And some people can have higher concentration of this milk producing tissue and some people have lower concentrations and it's softer and more even. So that's just a ca- medical catch-all term to say that, you know, breast tissue is uneven and, and, it, and it changes and sometimes it hurts, but it's not a disease and it's not bad and it doesn't predispose you to any particular thing. You talked about nipple discharge, which yes. made me think about nipple piercings. Yes. Um, yay, nay, that doesn't does it not matter? Is there danger? Um, it can be dangerous in, in the sense that any it piercing disrupts it can oh. disrupt um, nipple ducts. So young ladies who get their nipples pierced can have problems with breastfeeding later. Mm-hmm. They can um, they can also be associated with some infections. The other thing is that when you get any kind of piercing, um, what happens is is you you you're creating a little tunnel from one you know end of the tunnel which is skin and the other end of the tunnel which is skin, and it goes through usually fatty tissue which doesn't have any skin on it. So what happens is is the, the tissue in between the skin, when you have a piercing, it, it's not dry. It's it's moist and wet because it's, it's kind of fatty tissue. So your the skin cells have to crawl in from the end and create and line the tunnel where their piercing is. And it takes time to do that. So while that is what we call epithelializing, while the skin cells are crawling Ooh. in. Is that like making scar tissue? Mm-hmm. Like, it has okay. to, it, well, it has to make skin all the way on the skin. inside. That and so so that when you take tunnel. the piercing, yeah, so it makes a tunnel. So when you take the piercing out, it doesn't just heal shut. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, your body naturally weeps some fluid and creates just a little, like when you skin your knee mm-hmm. and it creates that kind of toothpaste nasty yeah. stuff on your knee. Like pus? It's But it's not pus. It's just how What's the- pus? Pus is a collection of- inflammatory cells and white cells that you're when your body is fighting a war against germs and it creates a huge amount of inflammation and a huge amount of de- of white cells that creates just like a, a puddle of these white cells and, and I'm dead learning cells. so much this and it's, so it's cool. like debris so there's actually infection there but when your body is not fighting any infection but it needs to heal it's cleaning itself and as it cleans itself dead cells kind of go away and it makes that toothpastey stuff that makes a scab on your knee and you know when you get in the shower it looks kind of green and gross yeah it's called fibrinous exudate so anyway when you get a piercing this fibrinous exudate comes out and you naturally have this kind of snotty discharge that's there for a while Uh like green it's kind of Toothpastey, whitishy, greeny, uh-huh. and it usually doesn't have too much of an odor, odor, or it smells kind of sweet. And then, um, as the skin cells grow in, and then it dries, well, then the discharge stops. But a lot of people get a piercing, and they think, and the stuff comes out, and they're like, "It's infected! Uh-huh. Oh no, it's infected! It's not infected. It's just huh. going through healing the healing itself. process." Huh. Yeah, well, so this, if I get a nipple yeah. piercing, it will not fear. So, so sometimes, and it, and when it's infected, it's swollen, painful, red, hot, hard, and and there's and there's stuff just seeping out, and it's kind of escalating and getting worse. Mm. So, so Gosh. have you had any interesting experiences with people coming in with um, piercings and I things? Ha- I, I have. I mean, we've had a couple. I remember there were a couple situations where, when you when you have surgery, you're supposed to take off all your metal jewelry because. Um, the devices that we use, we use an electric pen that, that cuts and seals the tissue called a Bovi device, mm-hmm. and you're supposed to take them off. And sometimes, like, you can't take them off. And so, you know, nurses will be like, well, I don't know what to do with this. I'll just put some tape over it. You know, like, that, <laughs> that'll work. So people come with tape on their nipples and, and things like that. And I, um, I did have, I've had a couple patients that have had infected piercings, which um, I had one patient that just had a really hard time with the pain and you know, we were trying to treat it and, and put numbing medicine in it and, and, and drain the infection because it really was infected. And um, she just had a really hard time and it was very painful and it was very, she kind of regressed into this, she was a young adult and she regressed into this sort of childlike state, mommy, mommy kind of a thing. And I'm like, you had a needle, you know, she <laughs> pushed through your nipple and yet this is a, yeah. It, it Did she keep the me. piercing? Uh, no. She didn't Good. Keep the piercing. Duh. It was done. We were done with that at that point, so. But there's a lot of nerves there. There's yeah. a lot of nerves, yeah. and it's a very it's a it's a it's a place where apparently a lot of people get stimulation. Yeah. And you oh my god, I've totally come. I've totally from come from play. nipples. That's it, I, I've heard that's possible. It's <laughs> possible. Heard, it's possible. I've heard it, from is, a it is possible. <laughs> I'm the friend. <laughs> okay, wait. Let me pick Nancy's. That's another word. That's a good one. Wait, it was one of your things says third base on there. I thought third base was fingering. I don't know. I thought third base. I thought was these oral. were second base. 
I think you're right. I think they are second base. Because I remember these t-shirts in college were super popular for like breast cancer awareness month. It was like okay. saving second base. You can see all these like frat I think boys. Right. Yeah, I think so shotgunning first beers. base was like right. that. First base is like here. Second base is like first here. Base, yeah, I thought first base was like kissing. Yeah. And then second base is... And then third base is... I'm going to have to go back to that internet and let it know it's wrong. That was from the internet. I thought these were just from your brain. Well, some of them are from my brain. I added some of my favorites. Well, you have a good brain. But we've talked a lot about um, women's headlights. Mm-hmm. headlights. What about men? Do you see men in your office mm-hmm. as well? I, I love talking about men breasts a lot. Um, men can have pain. Um, men can have, um, of course, men and women, you know, embryologically are the same. And we know from gender reassignment and things like that, if you just stop puberty and turn off certain hormones, well, then people will you can get you can develop whatever you want so men have the potential for breast the same breast tissue that women do and if you give a man at any stage the right hormones they will wake up and he will grow breasts she she will grow breasts if she chooses to have breasts we all have the potential there so men who don't who want to stay a man and want to be masculine their glandular tissue will sometimes have the right wash of hormone situation on their body and it will wake up the other thing that happens is as we all get older and our and our feminine hormones wean away and the masculine hormones wean away, we kind of all converge towards this middle again. So we, the women start to grow facial hair and the men start to get breasts. And and that's what happens. The tissue wakes up and huh. fatty tissue develops there. And the, the, the male breast nipple and areola becomes more feminine looking. And it's just a natural progress of aging. But in some people, it happens a lot earlier, a lot sooner, a lot more aggressively or a lot more drastically. And some guys really don't like it. So we have a really neat gynecomastia is what you call it. So it's breast tissue on men gynecomastia procedure that we could do where we just make two teeny tiny little nicks and we remove the fat with liposuction um, and and men's fatty tissue on their chest is sometimes a little bit stiffer than men than women so we use a, a device called a vaser which breaks up all the connective mm-hmm. tissue exactly it's, it's this like magic wand and we break up all the connective tissue and it also tightens the skin because obviously when you remove this stuff you don't want it to be like two deflated balloons you know mm. so it tightens the skin a little bit Whoa. and then we we liposuction away the fat and we get the the, the armpit biscuits that I like to call them. And then we get the little, the fatty deposits off the side. Are you side. talking about these little oh, things biscuits? Biscuits? It's just Oh my like, God, I have so, the worst. It's like that, that little part feed a where your armpit and your, what? And oh. your boob meat. Yeah, those are the armpit biscuits. Armpit, armpit biscuits. I love biscuits. I think biscuits. armpit biscuits would be a great menu item. I would or- eat, order that. I personally I love, well, I'm so, I have a story for you. And yes. I was, I've Please always share. wondered like what, was this I'm so, so excited I was dating this guy in high school yeah. and um we had just had sex yes. and afterwards I really don't know how this came up but I mean he was shirtless and I don't know if I was just like messing around or whatever but I like bit his nipple a mm-hmm. little and something like got on my lip something came out and I was like what was that like was it sweat or whatever and I went back and I was like did you just lactate <laughs> and then we squeezed and like stuff Some came out <gasps> What what is on what his, is that? Yeah. Well, basically, it's, on the on the boy, on the, on the yeah. high school boy. Yes, it's, it's it's not milk. It's not milk. You need a, a very complicated milieu of hormones in order to get your breast tissue to actually make milk. It's really complicated. But the breast tissue, it's an export organ. It's its job is the export business. Its whole point is to create fluid, and it has some tiny little ducts. And men, they're usually blind ends, and they're usually not very well developed. But sometimes the tissue that's naturally there can just have some. It's like um, like lactic acid. But I feel acid. like I've looked no. so hard at my nipples, and I've not ever seen a hole. And I do wonder, like they're they're there. Where Look it'll closely. come out? They're, the little if you look, it's it looks like a little flower pot at the very end. There's tiny, tiny little holes. If you kind of take your finger, oh, and like kind multiple of, little, yeah, it's mm-hmm. glands. They're it's little, not just tiny. Like a- there's little. There's usually like twenty to thirty little. So tiny, yeah, checking out her glands right Check now. Check it out. Check it out. And then you also have little tiny. Oh um, yeah. You have built-in chapstick. <laughs> there too. they are. You have built-in built in chapstick. What do you mean? You do. You have because um, my nip- my nipples get. You have. They're called glands of Montgomery. I don't know, oh, Doctor Montgomery. I don't know who. Yes! Do- I don't know who Montgomery <laughs> was. Of Montgomery. He will be forever known as the built-in chapstick doctor. So anyway, you've got these tiny little glands that actually secrete some waxy. St- thick substance and it's a modified kind of sweat gland and it's to it's because a baby's supposed to be sucking on it it needs to be you know kept from getting chapped from so, from do so smart 
less of that, and that's why they maybe have drier, like dry skin around there. It can be, and sometimes they can get impacted, and you can see these little white bumps. That's what all those little bumps are. Yeah, people have. I've noticed some of my friends have like white bumps on their nipples. The braille nipples. I've got some. Yeah, Yeah, those are. It's totally normal. Those are just tiny little glands that secrete a little bit of wax, a waxy substance, just to keep it supple. Gosh, you guys. Oh my gosh, my friends with the white dots just have suppler nipples. They do. Gosh, your breasts are smarter. That's yeah for the lady lumps. Which is a great one. There's a Thanks great for expression for in French because um, there's, there's this funny movie. It's a French movie, but where they do this thing where they talk about breast synonyms and the translate. It's the, the, one of the my one of my family that we say all the time because it just stuck with us is Père de Robert, which means a pair of Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, this means boobs? <laughs> boobs. A pair, a pair of, of Roberts. Because it kind of rhymes Père yeah. de Robert, I guess, yeah. but it's just like, it's like very funny. You're Roberts. That's kind of You're cute. Roberts, but it's just the pair of Roberts. So I remember growing up like Judy Bloom. Books. Yeah. We, where, must. Yeah. We, we, we must. We, we must, must improve our bust. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> better. We better before we wear a sweater. I did not. Hear I did that not know that one. Well, how do you think I got to my ADF? Just kidding. <laughs> I did nothing. I did the compression. But is there any like real thing that people out there with breasts should know about breast care? Um, you mean from an external standpoint or like trying to increase their size or, or, or I guess it's a twofold question. One, is there a way to increase your breasts naturally, which is the we must, we must kind of pterodactyl motion. Pterodactyl move. Is there any validity in that motion? If not, are there any other suggestions for natural? But also like but also care for the for the doing? skin, for the just breast health in general. Um uh, there are some people that really pr- they think it's a good idea. First of all, if you're massaging your breasts, um, that's good to be in. It's good to be in touch with how they feel mm-hmm. um, from a physical standpoint and from a sensual standpoint. I think so too. There's some people who yeah, really feel like that it's a good idea to massage them to get the lymph flowing in your through your breasts to get the 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 blood flowing through your breasts. It's mm-hmm. never a bad idea to just get comfy with the sweater puppies. That's my favorite one. Sweater puppies. Sweater puppies is my favorite one. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that anything you do like that is fine. There's there's no special creams that you need to to, to use. There's nothing special that you need to do with the skin. Uh, less is probably more. I mean, again, like our vaginas, our breasts, and uh, are kind so of self cleaning. Yeah, yeah, they really are. You don't need to mess with it. In fact, one of the things that I remind people of is they have nipple charge, nipple discharge. They sometimes get obsessive over it and they start checking and checking and checking and checking. Well, guess what? The signal to make more fluid in your breasts is. The fluid leaving your breasts. It's like, oh, you're, oh, that was good. You, you like that? That's getting used. Well, we'll make more. Mm-hmm. So, if you're breastfeeding and you want to not be breastfeeding, the signal to stop the milk production is milk present in the tissue and pressure present in the tissue. Because it's like, oh, well, we made it and you're not using it. Okay, well, we'll stop. So, so obviously, if you're if if someone is is breastfeeding and wants to keep breastfeeding, the way to make to make sure that your milk production stays high is making sure you empty and, and feed as frequently as possible. Mm. Um, and some people have overproduction. I mean, to the point where it actually squirts out and like chokes the baby. So they actually have to sort of hand express and kind of bring the pressure down before having the wow. infant latch on. So there's lots of little. We had to do my uh, my dog growing up had a hysterical pregnancy and we had to express her milk for her. What do you mean a hysterical pregnancy? She like wanted to be pregnant so badly. Her body convinced herself that she was pregnant. Whoa! So she produced milk and like she had like. And it happens in humans too. It right? can happen. Well, it can happen. Hysterical pregnancies can happen, but you know, it, that's a that's a very important thing um, in a pack system because if you have an alpha female who's pregnant, you um, sometimes this will happen. Other dogs will see her and want to be want you know in quotes want to be pregnant and and have a fake pregnancy and then they can nurse the, the so yeah so the beta or whatever the, the second in command in the pack um, will be able to feed the puppies if the mother wants to go hunt. Mm. So it's a it's a it's a evolutionary benefit for dogs to have hysterical pregnancy. Rest in peace, Twyla. Oh, she was a great little pup. Rainbow. We bridge. had to express her nipple. Her Here to it was, rainbow bridge. Yeah, it was such an interesting thing. Oh, rainbow. What is there? And I don't know what rainbow bridge is. It's like a really sweet, sad poem for for lost oh, animals. Oh gosh, no, it's, it's, I don't want to not go. Let's keep talking about sweater puppies for pet, pet heaven. It's oh, euphemism. there is no pet, pet heaven. Twyla's dead. <laughs> <laughs> um, don't say that. That's horrible. All dogs go to heaven. I am all about rainbow. Sorry, about sorry. It. Okay, I just want. So, did you, you get there? Did you get to dog because of sweater puppies? No, no we were talking hysterical about dog milk. pregnancy. She had to she had to <laughs> milk her dog. Yeah. So, did you make I, cheese? Did, how do you? What do you do with dog milk? Dog, I don't know. Mostly my dog mom milk makes ice cream. <laughs> oh my god. Be, I should. Ask, I we should. We call my. We Some call my mom on this before. Some hipster listening is gonna make that. 
I would love that dog milk ice cream. Oh but is gosh. there something that that um, you just wish that like everyone did to take care of their breasts and you just like don't know why people don't? Mm, um, like a recurring thing that you see in your patients that you were just like. I'll tell you, my number one thing is vitamin D. Honestly, I've seen so much impact with people with low vitamin D. And I've, this has been 10 years. For 10 years, I've been like, vitamin D. People will come in saying, my breasts hurt. They're tender. They're heavy. And we'll look through. We'll see cysts. We'll, so we'll see bubbles of fluid in their breast tissue that come and go like, like pimples on your face. Um, cysts aren't bad. They're not dangerous. They can't turn into anything else, but they're uncomfortable. And it's just a sign that you have fluid retention yeah, they in can your be breasts. Achy. And they can hurt. And, they can, and it can be something that you can feel that can scare you. So Fewer cysts are better, in my opinion. Um, one of the things, the breast tissue just gets overexcited and creates fluid it doesn't need to. It's not milk. It's not necessary. If you, if, oh, and this is interesting. If you go to drain cysts, and some of them are huge. Some of them are as big Love as watching oranges. those videos on YouTube, by oh, the way. I have, I drained 1.6 liters of fluid <gasps> out of a woman's breast the other day. What the insane. fuck? It was, was it, did it gross you out or was it awesome? I am so... 1.6 liters of fluid. That's I would like, have to go with the awesome. If I had to pick one, I would go with awesome because nothing grosses me out. But it's... It, which brings me to a funny story. I was, I was in Vegas one time for a convention and like somebody's on the street handing out cards like, hey, come see our show. And somebody hands me a card and it's like, you know, buxom babes with stars over the nipples. And I'm looking at it. It's like, oh, it's boobs. Who would want to see this? You You're know, like, I see this like, every day. Oh, it's like another day at the office. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> It's like, all right, I'm just completely separated from that. It doesn't fade. Oh, oh. And then I, I literally walked away, laughed at myself and thought, oh, yeah, people actually want to see pops. <laughs> that's so funny. But wait, so uh, 1.5 liters, that's 1. like two 6, water bottles. Yeah, 1. 6 liters, That's yeah. two water bottles of fluid. Yeah. It's this like, is 75 CL, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, 75 C. Usually like a liter, think of a liter Coke and then yeah. another half of that. You know, it's a lot. But, um, it it's, it's it was pretty it was dramatic and it came and, it, and of course it came down like but anyway um that's not normal that's not typical that was atypical as from a certain special situation she had a, a, a growth that was actually creating the fluid so on top of that but the the number one thing i would have people do is if you get your vitamin d levels high which is sunlight uh, yeah but you can't get enough from sunlight the fact of the matter oh. is, is we don't live in the world that we used to that we developed as humans so we're not out in, in loincloths with spears going after the, the antelope. And as people well, I don't know what you're doing 75% on your day of people can't absorb milk or the vitamin D from it. So right. a lot of people are vitamin D deficient. Yeah, so we, what do we do? live inside. We live with clothes. We live with sunscreen. We just live different lives as different organisms, but our bodies still need what we needed 100,000 years ago. So if you look at Maasai warriors on the Serengeti, their, their vitamin D levels are like 100, 125. But yet if you ask your doctor and you get tested, a normal vitamin D level is between 20 and 40. And if you ask me, that's 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 maybe average, but it's not necessarily optimal. It's not necessarily mm. the best vitamin D level. And a lot of doctors say, oh, well, too much vitamin D can be toxic. And that's, you know, we've done studies and it really doesn't make that much of a difference. But they don't really get it that much higher. They say, well, we recommend 200 units a day of vitamin D. So we're going to give 1,000. Well, 1,000 may not be, it might be a drop in the bucket. It might not be what you need for your body. It might not be what Simone needs for her body. It might not be what I need for my body. But I've found, I've found that in practice, in many, many years of practice, that when we get people's vitamin D levels up, their breasts, they, they come in and they say, oh my gosh, I could hug my husband again. My dog jumped on me and I didn't recoil in absolute terror and pain. I feel much better. And then I've scanned through and, and they had seven cysts in each breast the year before and nothing else has changed. And now they have no cysts. And, you know, and they're, and they're postmenopausal on their hormones and they and their cysts are gone. So oh. it's it's just it works really well to keep your breast tissue healthy. And I think that, you know, it would really keep people out of the out of my office. So Nicoletta brought up the Judy Bloom, we must, we must, we must mm -hmm. increase our bus. Is there a way like people a lot of people want bigger boobs. That's not something that I can comprehend, but a lot of people do. Is there a way to do it without going under the needle? There are temporary things that you can do. Um, there are things that will help that will kind of create water retention. Um, you can actually use progesterone cream on your breasts and they can they can stimulate the tissue that you can actually get progesterone cream over the counter and you can just rub it onto your breasts at night. It can make the tissue just retain a little bit more water. So for people out there tense. who don't know what progesterone is. Can progesterone is a hormone that um, naturally occurs in women's bodies and it can it's a steroid hormone that comes in different forms and it's um, one of the female hormones that in continuity with estrogen 
turns on different parts of our bodies to create um, our sexual features. And, and also, and some, also support so pregnancy. And it's and also some pregnancy. Well, it's it's something that is it's in balance when the when the the cycles fluctuate, estrogen and progesterone kind of go up and down, and exactly. that kind of tells our body. And it's it's actually a really important hormone to to support a pregnancy. You need it to support a placenta. So those levels have to rise when you're pregnant. So, so if you placenta. rub it on your breasts, what does it provide? Um, it, there are some people that think it actually protects against breast cancer and then it can counteract some of the negative effects of some estrogen. Some people, a lot of people, um, there's a lot of data out there that, that says that more estrogen keeps your, your breast tissue stimulated, growing and changing and cellular cells, um, developing and, and reproducing. And as when there's more cellular stimulation and reproduction, there's more chances for a cancer to happen, mm -hmm. more chances for an, a bad normal cell to pop up. So some, there are some studies that suggest that the progesterone can stop that. So, um, but it also makes your boobs grow. It, and it can also give you some irregularity to your period. So that's true. It's, it's, it's a hormone. It's, it's something that's hormonal. So you should either use it very regularly or you should use it in continuity with your period. You can, I should probably stop talking now. <laughs> no, <laughs> don't, so, don't. We want you. Well, that actually, we actually have to finish up in a few oh, yeah. minutes, but how can people contact you or the breast center? Well, sure. We're at Bedford Breast Center. We're in Beverly Hills, California. Oh, nine two one. Oh, oh absolutely. Shout out. Um, and we are in beautiful Beverly Hills and um, it's Bedford Breast Center. You can find us at bedfordbreastcenter.com, and I'm Dr. Heather Richardson. And um, the Google machine will get you there. Or The um, Google machine. The Google machine will get you there. Um, our phone number is 310-278-8590. No crank calls. But, oh, well, you know, whatever. But um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll take, we'll, we like talking to people. We'll take care of anybody. But, um, yeah, we love, we love what we do. Thank you so much for having me. I've so enjoyed this. You ladies are fantastic and Doctor. sparkly. <sighs> Dr. Heather, you They're were just such sparkly. a joy to have. <laughs> Dr. Heather, we loved having you talking about weight. Let's go through the whole thing. I feel yeah. like I know so much more about my hooters. hooters. Yabas. Bazooms. Queen jewels. Queen jewels. Nancy's. What's that? Cans. 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 Headlights. Wow. Sweater puppies. Bongos. Tamales. Mau Mau's. Bikini. Bikini stuffer. We just say bikini Yay. stuffer. Ketons. I, like I can't wear Shimmies. a fucking bikini. Muchachas. <laughs> blouse bunnies. Melons. Tatas. Knockers. What is that? Pointer sisters. Twofers. I don't oh, know what twofers. Two, twofers but Pointer sisters. Because there's two of them. Hot and tots. Hot and tots. Bazingas. Bazingas, yeah. Tomatoes. Lady, lady lumps. lumps. And mammary glands. That's my fave. I'm, I'm going to incorporate, try to incorporate all this into my work. You should get all of them embroidered and like have them on pillows about your office. <laughs> oh, that's an <laughs> that's amazing idea. great idea. idea. <laughs> Dr. Heather, it was such a pleasure having you. Thank you. Please come back. Um, again, if you have any questions about this, check out some of the info that Dr. Heather gave. But thanks for joining us yes. this week for Sluts and Scholars. And as always, make sure to subscribe and review. We can't wait to talk to you next week. <laughs>